Welcome back to Paracast, brought to you by Scottish Disability Sport. In today's episode, we'll be speaking to Stephen Clegg. Stephen is an S12 swimmer who performs in freestyle, backstroke and most notably butterfly events. Stephen has had a visual impairment from a young age, which resulted in him discovering his passion of swimming through after-school events at the Edinburgh Royal Blind School. This paired with his family's past successes in disabled sport, through his brother James and sister Libby, lined them up for success in his own. All that and more on today's episode of Paracast. I just wanted to start this off by going to where you first started um, when you were first being introduced into swimming as a sport and stuff. So you went to um, Edinburgh Royal Blind School and that is where you first learned to swim. Can you just sort of talk us through what it was like going to uh, a school for the blind? Yeah, well, um, so I went to blind school when I was 11. Uh, so I was pretty young, but I was fortunate where I had my brother and sister who had already gone through that school system. My brother was still there when I arrived. So it was pretty strange. It felt quite familiar because obviously a, a big part of my family was still was still there. So um, it felt felt very natural very felt very at home very quickly there uh, which is is pretty was pretty nice um just being a young young kid uh, to have that sort of uh, comfort um when i was there because i was a it was a boarding school so uh, when i was there there was like evening activities that you could choose from like judo and um different like clubs and stuff uh, i chose to take part in swimming just as something to do uh, a couple nights a week and uh, that's kind of where I started to learn how to swim was through those through those um, evening evening activity classes with uh, Lonehead Dolphins, which is a which was a disability swimming club in in Edinburgh, um, and they they taught me basically all the fundamentals of, of swimming and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, um, you find that that many disabled athletes they always. Um, tend to find comfort and enjoyment out of being uh, in sporting situations with people who have the same disability as them uh, just due to the fact that they sort of understand each other was that a big part for you learning to learning to first swim around people who sort of had the same thing as you yeah so I learned I learned to swim alongside my brother really so it's kind of very felt very familiar and um, there was a couple other people with the same sort of similar sort of level of impairment as me obviously uh obviously learning to swim as well because a lot of people from the from the blind school went so we're all kind of in very similar positions so it was very um it felt very alien to me at the start because that hadn't been an environment I was used to because I grew up uh surrounded by people who didn't have any disabilities I was the only person with a disability in, in my in my life up until outside of my family I should say up until I went to went to the blind school um so it first felt quite alien but very quickly became quite reassuring because obviously uh, I didn't feel I didn't notice that struggle to kind of uh, adapt to physical activity or different activities that uh, I had noticed in the past with playing with friends and stuff like that at school um, so that felt pretty reassuring um, and obviously the the coaches and teachers at the at the club were obviously specialised and had a lot of experience with working with people with a variety of disabilities including visual impairments so um they knew how to how to teach me kind of better than probably most of the other places would yeah so you started off with um with your brother alongside but you also started off at quite a young age was there was there any point during your time um when you were 
swimming at uh, Lonehead Dolphins where it sort of clicked that you were that you were good at this and that you could sort of follow in your brother's footsteps who also just so happened to be a good swimmer too? Um, I don't think I quite realised when I was that age. Uh, it wasn't too long until I was competing in some sort of like local uh, galas and stuff like that, pretty small, small competitions and stuff compared to what I obviously I do now. But um, I think once I started doing that, I quickly got noticed by... Um, Scottish swimming and Scottish disability sport specifically um, to kind of as a potential um, I think those are specifically Paul Wilson and, and Gary Fraser um, I think they noticed me pretty young on uh, I thought that I maybe had some good potential in, in swimming um, but it was never never overly seriously that age um, I, I just kind of enjoyed enjoyed doing it and that was kind of my main focus and uh, swimming com- overly competitively at that that age was never really at the forefront of my mind. Yeah, so you you started young with them, and then at some point you moved over to uh, Lothian races. What age yeah. were you when you made the switch? Uh, I think I was probably about 13, 13 or 14, somewhere around there. I wasn't with Lothian races too long because that's when I started to swim with some AB programs, able body programs, um, other weekends and stuff like that. And uh swimming all of a sudden became a very serious part of my life and I almost took the enjoyment away from me a little bit at that age I just kind of wanted to have a bit of fun and uh and just be active really so I wasn't I was never really at that age com- swimming because I wanted to compete or be the best or I always I was I've always been very competitive uh especially with my brother um he, uh, when we were going stride for stride with each other at that stage we were going through the exact same exact same steps um but I think for him he was more invested in the competition side than I was um so it wasn't too long after that um I break and quit from competitive sport and uh, in general yeah you, you sort of answered my my question there but it was it was gonna be when you when you did switch club uh, and then you later switched to, to East Lothian as well uh, did you initially see that as more of a step up in your ability as a swimmer or were you just looking to to continue it being something that you did and, and not being overly competitive at it at the time? Uh, I probably noticed a step up in terms of the standard of athletes I was surrounding myself with um, but for me it was it was always up until I came back into it at 18 I was always very much looking for enjoyment rather than any sort of career in, in sport um, so yeah like it just felt too too serious for for a 13, 14 year old teenager at the time, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, So uh, you you mentioned before that uh, you used to swim with your brother, um, but it's not only your brother and your family who uh, is sort of a a big uh, sporting figure, if you will. Um, Could you just talk us through that, what it's like uh, growing up with a family who who are always invested in sport? Yeah. So I have my my eldest sister, Libby Clegg, as well. So she she's been running since before I was born, I think, probably since she was six. Um so I've always kind of had her um to look up to and she'd been going to world championships from the when I was nine or ten. So she casts a big shadow uh, <laughs> of her success yeah. over the rest of us, uh, to say the least. Um but she's she's been great over the years as well. Like she's she's helped me with a lot of nerves and how to because she's got she's got nearly two decades of of experience in in professional sport performance sport uh so she's been very useful um to have around in in uh my 
my life, especially from my, my senior sporting career. Yeah, and that that's always a big thing um, from people who grow up who sometimes feel like they're uh, they're being shadowed by by an elder sibling. It's whether or not you take that as as motivation and then move on to do your own thing, like you have, uh, or, or whether it sort of just gets you down. But it definitely looks like, in terms of you and James, you both sort of took that as as motivation to then go on and, and succeed on your own as athletes. Yeah. I think uh, between the three of us, we all have a little competitive streak amongst the uh, three of us to see who's best. But <laughs> uh, it's all, all good fun. Like, Yeah. So during your time growing up and, and obviously starting to swim with James and then having Lugie, who was already out there winning, was there? did you ever feel any pressure on yourself that you had to uh, sort of achieve similar things as your siblings? Um, I guess so to a certain extent. Like you always, like I said, we're very, I'm very competitive uh, as a person. So like when someone sets a marker like that, you kind of want to beat it. Yeah. So like you said, you had, uh, you were, you were swimming with your brother and then you had Libby uh, and you were, you were using that as, uh, as, as a driving force. But it's, it, it is quite interesting to see how, how the dynamic between siblings can work because every sibling is competitive as it is, but you guys sort of take that to the yeah. next level when it, when it comes to, to Libby. It sort of feels like Libby's setting goals and just being like, go and beat them, but you look at them and yeah. they definitely aren't things that are easy to beat. Did, did you ever find um, the sort of competitiveness daunting at any point or did you always use it for motivation? Um, like I said, she casts a big shadow, especially there's probably some frustration sometimes where... Uh, when I was coming into sport and I was going into Rio and I felt like I that was kind of uh, me making it in my own own right but then a lot of a lot of interviews and stuff for that were they were very much like what's it like to have this a sister like this and I found that quite um, uh, distracting I guess in a sense or yeah. uh, just because I felt like even though I've made it it's still not enough so that was probably the only time where I felt like a little bit uh intimidated by her success uh, every other time of being tremendous proud and still even even in Rio I was tremendously proud of her um but it felt like that point it's like I've got a mountain to climb to be able to hold my name alongside hers um yeah uh and I, it did turn into that that thought process did turn into a massive motivation for me um and I'm very internally driven as well so like I'll I, I get a lot of my drive for training and ambition to succeed from from myself and just kind of the expectations I have on myself as well. Um, even even after racing the other week, I uh, it was only a few hours before the the buzz wore off, and I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing next, and this is what I want to do next, and I know how I need to where I need to push myself more to be able to achieve those goals. So uh, yeah. I'm very kind of mentally driven in terms of goal setting and what I, what I expect of myself in training. Mm-hmm. Because while while siblings obviously are always going to sort of set targets for each other and try to pep each other, it is definitely something that uh, the media and fans of the sport and stuff they'll always focus on it probably more than the siblings themselves will. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll always yeah. be like, "You did well, but have you seen your sister and stuff like that?" So, uh, as a sibling myself, that would I, I couldn't imagine stuff like that. that would that would definitely get to me. So that. I think that definitely highlights the the healthy relationship that you three have that even though it is something which is sort of being pushed on you by by the media and stuff like that it's something that you guys can use to motivate yourselves even speaking of which like in 2016 um at the Rio Paralympic trials me and my brother had a head-to-head race so we were both swimming the 50 freestyle which is neither of our our main events um 
but it got uh, it got in the limelight of of the public and all, all the the coaching staff and the the crowd that it was this big like rivalry head to head and uh, it was a really really good race because he he beat me unfortunately but by one one hundredth of a second but even though neither of us were looking to call on that event it became one of the the most uh, hyped races of the of the of the competition yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the the public always love a rivalry and when it comes to a, yeah. a rivalry between siblings it sort of just blows up a little bit i think in that race uh, people ended up breaking british records and then uh, i don't think a lot of them actually end up caring about that they're more interested <laughs> to see how he and james did, which is quite yeah funny. but at the same time that that probably benefits you highly because at the end of the day the the only person who who can motivate you is yourself, and as long as yeah. you're as long as you're using that in a healthy way, that yeah, anybody yeah. else can can view it however they want, because all that matters is the fact that, that you're taking it and using it to benefit yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so you mentioned the the race then between your brother and obviously you two uh, grew up swimming together. Um, has there has there ever been any sort of conflict between you two in terms of swimming together, or has it always been healthy? Um, not really. Like. You know, brothers, brothers get on each other's nerves, and that's yeah. probably about the extent of it. It's probably never really had anything to do with the competitiveness between two of us. Uh, but my brother, I've got a really good relationship, uh, and he was incredibly supportive of me returning to returning to sport. Um, so I think he's always he's been as invested in my success as a swimmer, which has been incredible to have. Uh, so um, yeah, no, we never really we've never been bitter with each other about swimming. We've always had obviously had arguments with each other, like every every sibling does outside of the pool, and uh, <laughs> but that's that's probably the extent of it, really. Yeah, and you mentioned there about uh, you taking a little break, which we'll get onto later. But that break uh, that you took um, was over the period of the 2012 London Paralympic Games, in which both yeah. James and Libby were competing. Um, and you were able to you were able to go and, and watch them on home soil. Was there was there some was there some sort of pride that you felt while you were watching your brother and sister compete, especially due to the fact that it was it was on uh, home soil just in London? Yeah, there's London felt like a blur for me to be honest, because uh, <laughs> obviously I had both my both my siblings. I was rushing yeah. between two venues trying to watch watch both of them uh, <laughs> at one point, which was quite interesting, but. I think the highlight for me was watching my brother win that bronze bronze medal because obviously I'd been much more involved with his journey, uh, whether it be in swimming rather than athletics. So my sister doing a different sport. Um, I just understood the sport a lot more and I knew kind of the journey he had gone on to kind of achieve that. Um, so I was, I was probably more emotionally invested in my brother uh, as well because that was as well. Um, but it was the whole the whole experience was pretty surreal. Um, yeah. Just having that that home home crowd around you and hearing hearing twenty thousand people cheer for your your sibling is pretty pretty special. Yeah, was there a part of you that could almost put yourself in your brother's shoes, seeming as you two had had similar journeys and he was winning? Was there was a part of you that felt like that could be me? I think I think watching that swim in London was definitely a spark for me um, to kind of wake up a little bit because it's probably only about eighteen months after that when I, I returned to sport. Um, and in London was probably um, driving fact me thinking about I should be doing this as well. Um, I I feel like I had the capability to do that, but then really gave it a hundred percent. Not London. Probably I probably would have never have made it to London just because I was too young. I was only sixteen, seventeen at the time. So 
Um, I was maybe a little too young to try try reach for that. But um, watching watching my brother and win that bronze medal in London was um, very inspirational uh, as well for me. So yeah, and yeah, you talked before about how you you felt that when you were at a young age, you sort of felt like everything was getting quite quite serious, and it wasn't something that you you were massively wanting at the time um, in terms of being competitive in in swimming was there part of seeing uh, your brother win in London that made you sort of warm up to the idea of being competitive I think that definitely woke my competitive edge up uh, and I just remember hearing him talk about the whole games experience after the after he won his medal and it just seemed like something I wanted um, and at that age like oh even now to be honest there's there's one they're saying you want something then there's being able to being prepared to put the work in, and I don't think I was quite prepared to put the work in at that point. Um, so I was, I was flirting, I was kind of just flirting with the idea of coming back. But then, even even probably that first year where I did come back into into sport, uh, I was probably just kind of playing at it rather than taking it seriously, just because I was it was more of a trying to get fit again and actually make sure I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing, make sure this yeah. is something I actually really want to do. Yeah, and you you were still quite young when. Uh, when Libby and James were, were winning medals at London, what was that like when you you went back home? And obviously, it's it, it's something having a a sibling who's an athlete, but having two um, was yeah. a, was a part of you that sort of felt uh, pressure, not even from um, not even from your family, but maybe from from your mates or just the people who you were around, or even yourself that felt like it was something that you had to now go and achieve too. Well, it was like a well, that was like a homecoming thing for the two of them when when they finished the games and uh there was a big buzz around um around where we grew up and uh, to be honest I was a little bit jealous <laughs> yeah and, uh, uh a lot of people did come up to me saying oh you're going to be next tonight and I just kind of said oh yeah hopefully and all that sort of stuff but uh, like I said um saying you want something and then prepared to put the work where it is is, is quite another thing yeah quite prepared of that do you know that real hard graft <laughs> mm-hmm. and after all that the the people who said you you'd be next turns out they were right so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, i had a good uh good run after that mm-hmm. so then you did end up making um your comeback to swimming after the whole uh, buzz around that um like you said about 18 months later you did end up making your comeback what was it like um getting back into the water you said before that you were taking it more lightly just trying to get your fitness back up before you got straight back into competing again what was that yeah, journey was, uh, getting back oh honestly it was, it was pretty horrible <laughs> uh, <laughs> i so when i came back i came back at 18 which is highly irregular for swimming uh, people yeah. stop from a very young age um and just keep going or or if they quit they don't come back um, just because it's such a tough sport to kind of get that fitness and get the skill level. Um, so I ended up, when I came back at 18, I was swimming with like 13, 13 year old kids and I was getting, getting a lap around the pool, which was quite embarrassing. <laughs> a good foot tall than everyone else. So yeah. um, that was quite humiliating. It was, and probably has been, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because uh, it pushed me so hard to, it, it encouraged me so much to push myself uh, harder than I probably ever could have um, if I wasn't in that situation. Um, and it gave me the blueprint to work hard because um, I didn't want to be swimming with uh, with kids. Uh, yeah. Socially, I didn't, I didn't get along. Obviously, there's such 
big age gap. It's like five, six year age gap. Um, so I just wanted to be with these train with these older guys, but I knew it was more fast. So my whole drive that you get fitter and get faster at swimming just so I can train with people who are my own age. Uh, yeah. So the first year was pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, training was well compared to what I do now it was actually very easy, but the time uh, it was <laughs> it was extremely difficult. Yes. Yeah, so, so you mentioned before about um, the whole uh, living up to expectations and, and your brother being a motivation. Was there was there anything apart from things that you've already mentioned that sort of paid um, a way for you to to actually get back into it? Uh, there was a key key moment when I left school um, where I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had a lot of educational goals that I fell short of. Um, and I just felt very lost. I was, I was in a bit of depression. I uh, didn't really know where my life was going. Um, my vision had recently taken a big, big dive as well. So I was struggling with things like that. I was just trying to think about last time. I felt felt good. I, I'd put on a load of weight as well at the time. So uh, mentally, physically, I didn't feel good about myself. I had no confidence. And I was just trying to think about the last time. I, was, I felt real sort of happy and confident and enjoyed what I was doing with and that took me back to swimming uh, when I was when I was a young teenager so that was kind of the most glaring thing that pushed me back into into the water so after that I then contacted my brother's coach at the time to see if I could join his his program and he he said absolutely but I need to I need to train with the the, the kids just because uh, my fitness level is not not good enough but I was prepared because I didn't when I left school I didn't like who I was uh I think the fear of being in that rut was more terrifying to me than any pain I could have put myself through. Um, so it was really lit the fire under me to to start moving and start getting into shape and starting this this journey to the Paralympic Games. Yeah, it's a sadly sort of um, depressive states and, and moments in a career is something that a lot of athletes these days um, have to battle through. But yeah. most people find that they get that during their career and if they've achieved a certain amount and then they're falling short at some point but you hit yours before you even started and you used yours as a motivation to then get back into it which is which is huge because it's definitely something that you don't hear often somebody using their their depression as motivation to get back to where they were beforehand yeah i definitely like i still have the problem with amateur sport and olympic sport specifically is you put so much pressure on yourself for well, for me, it's a it's a, a race that's going to last last less than a minute. So I train for four years for sixty seconds, um, and there's a lot of pressure on that sixty seconds to to perform. And when that's over, the bubble pops, and yeah. you just you feel like you're you're falling because as as important it is to you to succeed in those sixty seconds, and as much as the nation gets behind you for those sixty seconds, once once it's all done, they go back to their their normal lives, and it almost kind of becomes forgotten. Um, so I think for a lot of athletes, that's that's a massive challenge, and it was for me after Rio as well, um, in a very different way to what I went through before. Because when I got back into into the sport, I used the depression as as a massive driving force. As a, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this way. So I want, I want to feel good, and swimming was the way for me to feel good and just kind of escape escape that part of my life. Um, whereas after Rio, I, I went through a similar sort of I had similar sort of feelings, but for very different reasons. So is but it was it was harder to escape because. I was already in this swimming world and it's swimming it was this swimming world that kind of made me feel this way so it's kind of it was very daunting and you just need you just kind of need to reevaluate evaluate your goals and really think about where you want to go which it's, it's been a massive um part of my development as an athlete and 
um, that experience of post uh, post uh, game definitely definitely shaped me to make some people fortunate enough that I it managed to make me happy I am. But uh, I think the kind of area is to remember is that you just need to keep recycling goals and you need to have a clear image of where you want to be. And once once you've reached a milestone, you need to be able to one firstly most importantly appreciate what you've achieved and the work it took to get there but then to be able to almost put that at the back of your mind and put that in the back and then be able to start again um, yeah pretty seamlessly definitely yeah would you say that um the fact that you had that you had siblings who had already been in the sporting world Libby who had been in it for for a while do you think uh, that that would have helped uh, with your mental state due to the fact that you could go to them for guidance on on feeling um as if all the work was sort of uh, not massively paying off or that you were struggling to get back into it? Or do you think it it, it didn't help massively due to the fact that there was always that uh, pressure that certain people had put on you? Uh, to be honest, I didn't actually really speak about that with anyone uh, at the time. I think that was partly because I thought I was the only person going through it. Yeah. Uh, so I felt, I felt silly because I'd achieved this great thing and I felt bad. Mm-hmm. And no one expected me to make it to Rio. I saw uh, I was beyond the point of a long shot uh when when i mentioned it to people when i first came back into swimming pool, <laughs> i was just uh doing this to mess around and try try copying my brother um so i know no i'd gone on the point of exceeding people's expectations of myself so i should have been immensely proud of just showing up um so i felt a bit silly to be honest when i when i felt this way um i still felt very out of place in in professional sport uh so it's kind of something i just kind of have to work through myself and it took it took a good year to kind of get over it. It wasn't until 2018 uh, when I uh, I moved. I well, I'd moved programs twice at that point. Uh, that I then started to realise that I needed to kind of refocus myself and reestablish some goals for myself and kind of be like, okay, well, I've achieved this now, and then but what what do I want to achieve in the next three years? Oh, now four years because uh, obviously the games got pushed back, pushed back. But um, yeah, it was, it was actually strangely something I never. My sister, I've gone to my sister and brother for a lot of advice over the, over the years uh for different aspects in sport but uh never for that strangely even though i'm sure they both went through the exact same thing is the more when i f- start to feel comfortable talking about it with the athletes i very quickly discovered everyone felt that way yeah it's just learning how to cope with it and move on from it mm-hmm. yeah thanks for listening to this episode of paracast Special thanks to Stephen Clegg for sharing his time and experiences with us. Brought to you by Scottish Disability Sport. Tune in next time for part two of our discussion with Stephen as we continue where we left off.